This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Maddox on the Mic. Uh, today on the Talking Workplaces podcast, we'll be discussing performance management during remote working. Uh, my name is Chris Sharalambis. Uh, I'm a senior associate here in the Employment Safety People team at Maddox. And I'm also joined today by my colleague, Simon Coates-Peacock, who is another senior associate in our team. G'day, Simon. Hi there, Chris. Good to be with you. Good to have you, um, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll be talking about performance management during remote working. So it's a topic that I'm sure is on the minds of um, employers everywhere. No doubt, the past you know twelve or so months has uh, resulted in a lot of changes uh, in the employment sphere. I think employers everywhere have had to sort of get to grips with the effects of of COVID nineteen on a number of aspects of of their businesses, whether it's their actual services or products that they deliver, but also in terms of the management of their own workforces. You know, it's certainly not business as usual when it comes to trying to, I guess, firstly, set performance expectations, manage performance generally, and um, and just having that general back and forth uh, with the employees to make sure that they are, I guess, you know, carrying out their duties as, as may be required, um, but also traveling along um, through this, these difficult times as best as they can on a, on a personal note as well and maybe yeah. considering, you know, how that might um, interact with, um, you know, broader notions of, of performance setting and, and, and performance management. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that we talk about sort of COVID changing the way people work and it's, but what's becoming clear is that as vaccination rates improve and we start to look towards returning to the office and returning to work, that a lot of the changes that have happened through the COVID period are actually here to stay, regardless of mm. opening up again. Um, yep. you know, I'm aware of a number of employers who, at least anecdotally, are exploring working from home policies on a more uh, a more permanent basis and, and, and flexibility on a more permanent basis. And so the challenges of grappling with performance management whilst working remotely, it's definitely not a, a feature that's unique to, you know, the COVID pandemic and, and will kind of leave us all behind as everyone steps back into the office. I think remote working and flexible working arrangements more generally are here to stay. Yeah, that's right. And look, it's it's actually been something that I've been talking about for the last little while quite a bit. And I guess what what last year and, and this year as well has has really taught employers and I guess almost forced them to learn is really that that work can be performed in non-traditional ways. You know, it can be performed flexibly, it can be performed remotely. Um, and this is really what employers have, have, have had to grapple with over the last little while. But it's really sort of flushed out, you know, those broader questions about, well, how can a job be performed and what can we or should we be using as the, you know, the KPIs, the measures for success, the performance um, obligations yeah. for this new sort of normal workforce, which, which as you say, is likely to, you know, be uh, working flexibly slash working remotely for, for probably some time to come. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the importance there of just one thing that you mentioned in terms of KPIs and, and man- it's kind of incumbent on the, the employer in this day and age to really, I guess, concentrate on its its KPIs and making sure that they 
remain fit for purpose within the mm. context of um, remote working. So, I mean, what, one of my clients, for example, has a, has a very large workforce involved in the sale of products. And they, they have a large workforce who were traditionally on the road, in the air, going from state to state and remote location um, within states in the mm. past selling products. And that couldn't happen anymore. But what they did do was change their whole KPI structure and kind of their performance assessment framework so that people could continue to do that sales job remotely and they would be assessed on the basis of the number of phone calls that they made and the number of kind of sales that were converted from meetings that happened over Zoom or Skype and that sort of thing. So yeah. I think in addition to, to all of what you said, I think the employer really has to turn an eye to engaging with its employees' KPIs and, and thinking about how they might need to change to suit yep. working from home, working flexibly and, 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 and answering to, the, to those kind of demands and needs. Yeah, I think that that's spot on. I think that that's a really good sort of initial takeaway message um, for employers is that in in considering this sort of broad umbrella term of performance and performance management, you know, the kickoff point really needs to be, well, what what has been conveyed to the workforce in terms of KPIs and performance expectations and how has that changed or how should that change? Uh, in light of, you know, remote working, you know, and, and the virus and, and so on. So I think a good starting point for employers is to consider what have they conveyed to their workforce um, by way of KPIs? Um, is that clear? And has it been sufficiently adapted to take into account um, remote working? And, you know, you know, that could look like exactly the example that you said, so that, the, you know, those KPIs can change in terms of, um, you know, the work outputs, so whether it's, you know, sales or, you know, producing certain material, drafting, um, yes. uh, what have you. But the KPIs, um, as we know, apply more broadly to someone's employment. You know, it's, it's also, you know, it's, it's deliverables, but it's also, you know, um, other aspects of, of, um, of out their work. So, Absolutely. you know, the hours that they might work or, you know, other internal functions that they might carry out, management mm -hmm. responsibilities, you know, yeah. all these sorts of things should be adapted or at least considered in the context of, of remote work. And that's not to say that, you know, responsibilities are removed or, or changed completely, but at the very least, you know, there should be some consideration given to whether, whether they should be adapted. Yeah. And I think just just on that, I think one thing that can't be guaranteed in remote working is that kind of performance management, not by stealth, but but the passive performance management that you get mm -hmm. just by being in the office and around people. So, you know, particularly those, I suppose, softer or more subjective performance kind of or measures of performance. So um, the, the ones that aren't necessarily objective or based on numbers. Those sorts of things need to be really quite consciously assessed by employers in order to kind of keep employees engaged. And what I mean by that is, you know, a manager isn't going to be able to just pick up on an individual's performance by walking around the office and, and picking yep. up an individual's engagement with his or her team. Those more, I suppose, subjective rather than objective measures of performance an employer yep. really needs to set aside time to check to check in with employees and making sure that they're still engaged and, and driving in the same direction. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, and that obviously then sets up the employer to then be able to move to a performance management process um, or addressing performance issues. I mean, you have to have those that groundwork in place beforehand so you can actually have something adapted and measurable and that then you can use as a basis for any sort of conversations or action that you might you know take down down the track um if if things aren't going the way that they want them to be so i guess you know in summary of of that initial point so i think that you know some of the takeaways there are employers need to think about what adjustments need to be made to the kpis um, in light of remote work and you know the generally sort of changing workforce that we're in now i think it would be useful to convey that as specifically and clearly as possible to the affected employees so if there are going to be tangible changes to kpis they should be you know spelled out quite clearly so that employees know what if anything is changing and and how they should you know adapt their their work Mm -hmm. Um, and so that they know the differences between what they were doing or how they were working beforehand and how that's going to going to apply now and then the other aspect like you just mentioned is you know i think more of a a, an effort by the employer to check in more with the with the employees Mm -hmm. that's to you know get that sense of how the actual you know new practices if, if if that's the case how they're actually being implemented and being adopted by the employees but also how they're traveling more broadly and if they they have any concerns or issues with implementing new kpis or carrying out things in a different way um, or just managing their work in in, in, a, in a remote setting and so i guess you know once all those conversations are had all those steps are taken then i think that you know that that would set up the employer in a, in a good position to then move to that more management or you know potentially you know disciplinary process um, if there are issues that that come up and we can talk a bit about that now yeah so look as we say i guess that that next aspect is um where there are concerns that employers have with um, employees performance um that they do feel you know need to be addressed so you know if you have those steps taken uh in the first place and it, it, it puts you in a position to be able to have some productive conversations at that point but look i think it's a bit of a balancing act of saying that you know we we are working in a different setting we we are seeing a, a higher prevalence of remote work i think it's fair to say that, you know, there's there's a double-edged sword there. So on the one hand, I think that employers must be live to the fact that, I mean, it's not business as usual as it was, you know, pre-COVID. So, uh, you know, there does have to be, you know, changes or you know, employers need to adapt to that. But on the other hand, it doesn't mean that employers' hands are completely tied and they can't address any you know, performance management concerns that they might have of their workforce. It's about sort of balancing that um, and addressing it in a way that's contextualised to, you know, the, the current situation that we're, that we're in. Absolutely. And, and we'll probably come on to talk about this, but there's, there's absolutely, from a legal perspective, nothing within the, within the realm of performance management um, and underperformance management has changed from a legal perspective mm. in terms of what's required and yep. expected of, of employers, frankly, in terms of how to manage both performance and keeping employees engaged and motivated, but also under performance and implementing, um, you know, disciplinary steps around that if, if and when needed. So what the law expects employers to do is frankly exactly the same. It's just, it's just grappling with this new world of work and, and how best mm. to manage underperformance issues in the right way and in a fair way, and also um, making sure that employees are frankly engaged and know what's expected of them and all driving in the, in the same direction. Yeah, 
And I guess what what, what would you say? I mean, as a, as a starting point, if mm. if an employer thinks that they they have a concern about someone's performance. Yeah. I mean, do you have a view about how they should approach that from the outset? Before you step into kind of thinking about something as a performance issue, I think it's really important to just take stock of what may present as a performance issue within the context of the this remote work remote working environment, but actually might not be. Um, it mm. might be a product of their particular work environment. And so let's think about this practically. The, the office environment is an absolutely amazing leveler in terms of the employee experience, I suppose. It guarantees everyone the same the same working environment. Yeah. But that's not true when you're working from home. Employees have an, a vastly different, different working experience and environment. So someone who doesn't have children, has a separate office space, has a nice outdoor space to be able to go and refresh themselves, that person is going to have a vastly different working experience to someone who does have childcare arrangements and potentially other problems that they may experience in relation to working from home, whether that's mm. within the context of their own home or domestic environment. And so I think it's very easy to see how a lot of those issues can start to present as performance issues. You know, if an individual is struggling to manage childcare or within the context mm -hmm. of a potentially abusive or, or upsetting relationship at home, it's yeah. quite easy to see how someone would become disconnected and demotivated. And that might present as a performance issue, but actually engaging with that employee and, and thinking through what's actually behind behind the scenes is a really important because because all of a sudden that's not a performance management issue that's getting to the bottom of a particular problem that that employee's experiencing and improving it so that and that's before you even get into the performance management process yep. um, and i think that's a really important step zero is is really understanding where the performance issue is coming from and whether it's whether it's being caused by a particular feature of this remote working world that that we've never sort of had to really grapple with before on the same scale yeah i think that that's spot on and it's because it, i think like you say you know the, the the fact that people are working from home or you know working remotely means that you don't have that equalizer there so where you might have thought about mitigating circumstances maybe down the track in a performance management process i think that it does make it you know step zero like you say, that that should be the starting point. So you can actually work out what sort of matter you're dealing with. Are you dealing with a, a, a personal circumstances issue first and foremost, or is it just a pure performance issue aside from any other, you know, personal issues that, that might be arising? Um, so I think that that then leads into, you know, what process can and should you implement if you are going to um, uh, move to to do a performance management process with someone. Um, and there are, you know, a raft of things that should be considered, you know, differently than, than you would have um, in, in the pre-COVID era. Um, and that can be some practical things, right? So, you know, like you say, if everyone was in the office, you know, we, we had an expectation about, you know, how, how do we conduct meetings? Where do we meet? You know, um, how do we have these kinds of conversations? But obviously that first and foremost is, is, is something that needs to be handled differently. So if you have an employee who's working remotely, I think certain questions need to be asked. 
who is managing them? How are they being managed? Are they, do they have daily check-ins, for example, with their manager? Um, are there video calls that everyone can sort of, you know, yeah. see each other directly and get a good sense of how everyone's traveling? Is there email correspondence? Um, you know, what is that mode of communication? And then that sort of plays into then how you communicate with them during a, a, a performance management process, yeah. if, if that is going to be underway, right? So, you know, do you um, schedule, you know, video meetings so that you can convey concerns, hear from the employee, have that back and forth so that, you, you know, everyone's clear about what, what the perceived issues are and, and how, that, how they're addressed. And also timing, you know, timing is a, is a key point when it comes to management of, of these sorts of issues. And as I, I'm sure employers are aware is, is also a, a consideration when you're looking at things like fairness and harshness. Um, you know, if there are issues with an employee's uh, performance levels, how long have the employees been given to improve their performance? Um, yeah. And, you know, those timeframes might be different now in, in a remote working scenario. I mean, mm -hmm. would you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, as I said before, in terms of what the law expects, nothing's changed. And so you have to, you do have to, in terms of performance improvement processes or performance management, all the same good stuff applies in terms of, you, know, you have to give employees a certain period of time to demonstrate improvement. You have to give employees certain expectations that they're going to be measured against um, mm. in order to actually demonstrate that improvement. And so none of that's changed, but I think what, what the Fair Work Commission will expect or, or, or whenever this is being looked at, if it is potentially challenged, is that's fine, but, but there is going to be an expectation of, are you, are you flexing this process in a way that's fair and reasonable to the employee, having regard to the current circumstance and what that means. And so I think, yes, an extra period of grace for to be able to um, demonstrate some sort of improvement would, would never be harmful if that, if that question were asked in a, a judicial setting mm. or challenged by an employee or a union down the track. Because that's the sort of thing that, you know, employers do often get pulled up on is that is those kind of procedural fairness questions. And I, I do think that there does have to be a degree of flexibility to allow for, you know, the current circumstances to be taken into account and, mm. and for employees to, to be able to, to, to demonstrate improvement. And it, and it also comes back, I suppose, to actually having KPIs that are, that are fit for purpose. Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, it would be daft for an employer to embark on a, a performance improvement process again because an employee isn't meeting KPIs that are no longer appropriate or mm. or, or achievable in the yep. current or in the current environment because of the restrictions around working from home. It's a blend of different factors in terms of making sure your KPIs and what you're measuring employees against is fit for purpose, but all and a degree of flexibility around that and also a degree of um, flexibility and I suppose is in sympathy for the current circumstances I, I think taking all of that into account will will kind of put employers on a pretty good defensible footing if, if that sort of is challenged ultimately down the track.
Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, the, the other thing that I think um, is is important, or I'm sure on, on the minds of a lot of employers at the moment, is I think it's fair to say that we are, I mean, to varying degrees, depending on where you are in Australia, um, we're in a, in a bit of a state of transition at the moment where everyone's sort of coming in and out of lockdowns, um, businesses are opening, you know, in this position earlier on in the year where people were, yeah. you know, returning to the office as normal, restrictions were being eased, we felt like we were sort of coming out of um, out of COVID and, and hopefully that is the case now permanently as, as vaccination rates increase. But I think that a lot of employers are on the precipice of this scenario of, well, maybe there isn't uh, as much of a need or a requirement to work remotely moving forward. And there might be a bit of a tug of war between employers and employees about whether or not employees can continue working remotely or whether or not the employer is going to expect or require them to, to come back into the office. Yeah, or pivot back on the basis of KPIs that have all been changed and yeah. um, uh, in the past, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the question of actually requiring someone to return to the office is a, is a whole other topic and yeah. um, in terms of, uh, vaccine vaccine status itself. I'm pretty sure that can and will be covered exhaustively elsewhere, and over the next couple of months will play out. Mm. Um, but you're absolutely right in terms of um, thinking ahead. It's an issue that that employers are 100% grappling with. Is you know to take that example that I mentioned before, whether that sales workforce have got any right to be able to say well look i've been doing this now remotely for the last 12 months and and actually it's going really well and so why are you now requiring me to go back on the road and start selling these products when i've just demonstrated i can do that just as effectively from mm. home and to be honest arguments like that i can see you know i've got some some merit not to mention the kind of cost savings that that might carry for the employer but but all of that aside i, th I do think that those are sometimes sensible arguments that employees might have and mm. employers can engage in uh, uh, engage in a kind of dialogue with those employees about that but the bottom line is if if an employer needs to i mean subject to anything that that might have been agreed um down the track uh, you know previously in times gone by if an employer needs an employee to to go back into the office or to sort of do a certain feature of their job from from a particular place, well then you'd expect that that would have been agreed upfront in the employment contract and the employer would be well within their rights to, to sort of ask and, and direct an employee to, to do that. I think that that's, a, that's, a, that's the perfect sort of starting off point for, for all employers that so to sort of leverage off the fact that a default scenario existed and we should return to that. But, you know, that shouldn't be sort of pursued blindly i think that that's the starting point but i think all employers will need to grapple with the reasonableness and the basis for those sorts of requirements moving forward and to yes. be ready to um, have conversations with, with um with their workforce where where there might be some pushback and um i think that that should that, that that's a topic in itself and i think certainly <laughs> something that we can uh, we can address down the track as um as uh, employers go through that process so I think that that actually might be a good place to leave it, Simon. Um, there's, I mean, we could we could talk all day about these things, but I think it's certainly something that I think that employers um, are already thinking about, or you know, should otherwise be thinking about anyway. Um, and we would certainly um, encourage anyone 
who has further questions about some of the points that we mentioned to, to get in touch with us um, or any, any member of our team to, to discuss them further. So with that, um, thank you, Simon, for, for joining uh, me today. And thank you to everyone for uh, listening. We certainly hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, as I mentioned, if you've got any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, Simon, or, or any other member of our team. And of course, if you like this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the Mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.